This is Notable Nerds, a pro nerd report podcast where we introduce you to really cool nerds who are doing really cool things. I'm your host, Sebastian Malden, and my goal is to highlight nerdy, talented people who are killing it in the world. In each episode, we will hear their origin story, and they will impart a bit of advice and wisdom to others who might be looking to get in their industry or just learn something new. Without further ado, thank you for joining us, and now let's meet today's Notable Nerd. Ladies and gentlemen, on this episode of Notable Nerds, I have a very special guest with me today. He's been killing it on video game soundtracks. He's been doing really cool sound designs. If you haven't checked out his like social media, he's really like really talented and really killing it at that as well. So I'm like, I am super excited to have Major Bruno on the show today. We're going to talk about all things as far as like his top games of all time, the music he likes to make, what got him started in the industry. He'll give some advice to people who want to get in the industry. And we're just going to have an all around good nerdy time. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the man himself, the golden instrument of the video game industry, Major (laughs) Bruno. How you doing? I'm doing well, sir. How about you? Thanks so much for having me on. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm glad I made you laugh. I'm glad I made you laugh. <laughs> that, that was quite the spiel. Yeah, you nailed it. I had to give you the intro. I had to give you your due. So before we begin, can you tell the good people all about yourself? Yeah, totally. So like you mentioned, my name is Major. I'm a composer and sound designer for games, general musician. I play guitar, all around nerd, love everything, video games, everything tech. And this is a space I've been passionate about for a super long time. And music something that I've been making for a very long time. And so it just felt natural for me to bring the two things together and so that's what i've been doing for the last couple of years professionally and it's been a lot of fun that's what's up so for every new guest we have a tradition here we'd like to do your top five games of all time so major what you got for us this one is so hard like i (laughs) i was at a i was at a meetup like a game dev meetup here in town a couple weeks ago and took me a while to to think of because i feel like they change all the time but there's like the couple of, of kind of classics that like mm-hmm. defined you as a gamer and i feel like those don't really change but recent stuff that i'll play that's really inspiring will come in and out and i feel like i'm always trying to shuffle what's in like the top couple <laughs> i um, get that i really do because i ask myself this question like all the time and i'm like oh at any given moment this will be knocked off the list because of this game mm-hmm. or like vice versa it is one of those things to where i also think about like how the games impacted me emotionally at that time too. So I'm like, it, I get Definitely. it. It's fluctuating. It always fluctuates. I rarely see someone who has like a solidified game, like top five games, and it just stays that way. Yeah, that makes sense. It's the best problem to have if you're constantly <laughs> being inspired by new stuff. But yeah, some of the like the permanent ones are like, I feel like I always have to start with Ocarina of Time. It's like the my first exposure to Zelda and my first exposure to like big like sweeping adventure games and like games that have a big narrative focus and that also let you do whatever you want so that one will always be there that's also probably the first game where i really fell in love with the music koji kondo was a master composer all of those themes are super memorable i remember learning to try and play a bunch of them on the guitar so that one is definitely up there slightly more niche pick would be terra enigma which is Oh, okay, you so you've heard of this one? Yeah, yeah. I was I'm surprised to hear it. This is one that every every couple times I'll mention it, it like someone has never heard of it before, and it totally flew under my radar for years until I started getting into all of the old quintet games. Mm-hmm. I had ActRaiser as a kid. I knew about Illusion of Gaia, but this was like their most obscure, huge JRPG, sort of part JRPG, part action adventure Zelda style game. Mm-hmm. It only came out in Japan and in PAL regions, so it 
wouldn't have been available for me to play as a kid. Um, yeah, but then, thanks to the magic of the internet now, it's a lot easier <laughs> to either play via emulation or to track down a cartridge, which is what I ended up doing. And that game blew my mind. Like just huge scope and scale. Like it shouldn't have been possible on the Super Nintendo. It's so ambitious for its time. Love that game. And then some more recent stuff, just a couple of them. I've been playing a ton of Elden Ring. I'm a total <laughs> FromSoft nerd. I just love to hate myself. And like all other games are great, but I loved that. Elden Ring somehow managed to make it a little more accessible and a little less punishing. I've, I've mm -hmm. known a lot of people who that's the first one of those games that they've jumped into and they haven't immediately rage quit, which I think is cool. I'm about the same way because I was broken by Bloodborne, like completely broken. Uh, I felt like Batman at the end of like Dark Knight Rises <laughs> where he just got his back broken. I was like, that's pretty much like how I felt about Bloodborne. And Elden yeah. Ring is one of those things where it is like it feels more action adventure than it does Souls, like that Soulsborne genre to me. But I really, yeah, I had I'm having a good time with it. I'm playing it myself and I'm currently so bad at it but it's mostly because i'm bad at it because i'm directional it's like i don't know where to go like i i uh, just be yeah. yeah what is his name margaret the fallen oh yeah margaret the fell fell yeah Love thank you guy. I, I just beat him and nice I, I, yeah i got so lost that i'm at level 41 and i just don't beat him well, i'm sure you didn't have too much trouble then that's nice <laughs> <laughs> He was still a little challenging but it, i think that yeah he still had a little bit of bite to him though yeah, that, that's cool. And I think that works in that game's favor that you can mm -hmm. go off and do whatever you want in kind of any order, as opposed to the kind of classic Souls formula is like, you make your way through a bunch of narrow corridors, and then you have to beat this impossibly hard boss, or you just don't get to play the game anymore. <laughs> and that's way more discouraging if, you know, you don't quite have the muscle memory for it, or that kind of repetitive grind until you beat the boss sort of thing isn't as fun for you. What's your class? I usually play like, knight super heavy broadsword big armor type of stuff but oh. for elden ring i actually tried doing like a mage spellcaster build oh, okay. which it turns out i think is like the most overpowered type of build mm -hmm. in that game so i've messed around with a few others since then that was like a fun change of pace like staying a little further away and trying out like a bunch of fun spells and things that's what's up are you is that your game of the year so far for 2022 it is definitely up there i put way too many hours into it it's very polished, like very impressive, just like scope and scale of that game, I think. I understand. It's in my top 10 list for sure. I'm, I've been going through and I'm like, I know it's in the top five now. So I'm trying to see where everything shakes out. Yeah, that's impressive. Do you have do you have a game of the year contender? Yeah, I like on my top team on like my top four or let's go top three is right now. Okay. Cult of the Lamb. I think Ooh. is like right up there. It is phenomenally addicting. I love Cult of the Lamb and it's a simple premise that really works. And despite the fact that it's who genres that you like, you wouldn't mm -hmm. think works very well. It's that life simulator or that very animal crossing kind of genre mixed in with that roguelike genre. And they, right. they just, it goes together like peanut butter and chocolate. It really just goes together. And I'm like, oh, it's so fun. That one, Horizon Forbidden West, I think is magnificent. Mm. I don't know if you played that one, but I think Horizon Forbidden West might be the most beautiful video game I've ever seen in my life. It is That's gorgeous. That's prey as well. It, yeah, Elden Ring has moments, but it also still has that grunge look to it. Like Horizon has, it, Horizon feels like it's the first game that was made for next gen, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah it's like I Ratchet and Clank. I don't know if you played Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart was like, it was very like, it was a visual showcase as well, but not to this level. This is that mm -hmm. first time where I saw something where I was just like, 
oh wow this looks like it would look like phenomenal oled tv this is the type of game when people come people come over you show them this game to show off your ps5 like mm, that's the flex game yeah that, that's <laughs> like on the xbox side of things is forza like that's all that's pretty much what you go through but like True. on playstation like that is that's the game if you have that game there's I don't think I've ever seen anything quite as majestic looking as Horizon Forbidden West. Hmm. I say this, and then I think we're a month away from God of War. God of War. Yeah. I was no. going to say, <laughs> that's a potential heavy hitter. I'm really excited for that one. I've uh -huh. really liked the uh, the Norse mythology angle. That's just a thing that I've always liked in general. And so then mm -hmm. seeing God of War decide to switch to that, I thought was a fun mix-up. Oh, I'm so excited. Major, what consoles are you playing on? These days, mostly PS5 and mm. Switch. I don't have an Xbox. I do play stuff on PC occasionally. I used to be like the PC master race guy in my friend group. <laughs> but as time's gone on, like my wife and I will play stuff together or like I'll have friends over and we want to do like co-op stuff. And that's just way easier to do, to do on stuff like the Switch or PlayStation. Um, I got you. Plus, plus they got me on some of those exclusives, man. Man, that, the lineups on both of those like consoles, the exclusive lineups are like phenomenal. But especially on the PlayStation side of things, like... I I can't say I can't like praise it enough how like how many bangers after bangers we get. Ghost of Tsushima just came out of nowhere and yeah it, yeah I just loved that. Between that you had um, what was it Final Fantasy remake Final Fantasy Seven remake you had Ghost of Tsushima you had the Spider Mans both Miles Morales and and Peter Parker Spider Man they just had a stacked lineup and I cannot say enough for the quality of those games as well. Yeah, that's a really good point. I do hope that one day we'll get away from the console exclusivity thing. Because I feel you like think it, so? I don't feel like it really benefits gamers necessarily. It benefits the studios putting out the games and trying to market the consoles. But that makes sense. I'd say I'd like that. I don't know how we'd ever get there, right? Like it's I don't know, making consoles is expensive. And if you can't guarantee like a really great game at launch, it's harder to to sell units. So I get why it exists. It just sucks sometimes for yeah. people that don't have the luxury of playing everything. Yeah, I think the bridge is starting to the bridge is starting to form though, because you like you have Xbox Game Pass and then you have PS True. Now or PS Extra, which are like the catalogs where you can find a lot of those like concurrent like games that you can play across all consoles. So I think like the bridge is starting to form. I do think there will always probably be those like tent poles. As long as PlayStation and Nintendo are in business, they're probably going to be those tent pole exclusives. But I don't Good think point. Xbox cares any like a bit about that though. You might be right. Yeah, they've been all in on the Game Pass thing. And like even just the concept of crossplay in general mm -hmm. is seems a little more common, especially for like massively multiplayer stuff or for some of the like the multiplayer shooters or whatever. You can play those cross platform, which is really cool. Yeah, like that, that would make a big difference where you're not like isolated from half your friends because they play <laughs> on the other console from you or whatever. Exactly. And then there's the fact that I don't think I don't think Xbox cares where you play Game Pass at. I think they'd hmm. be perfectly happy if you play game pass on ps5 or the switch as long as you were playing on ga playing game pass basically that's interesting yeah so i and i think especially with mlb the show lately coming to from playstation being a playstation exclusive to coming to xbox i think it's like the start of it a little bit yeah yeah that's a good point yeah but We'll talk about all that some other time. We got to get to you, man. Like, we got to get to you and your portfolio of music. So you've been writing music for a very long time. What got you started with all this? Yeah, that's a good question. In some ways, it feels like everything started and ended with being into video games. A kid, that was one of the earliest hobbies or, like, things I remember being interested in at all. I was probably, like, three the first time I played a Super Nintendo at, like, 
maybe a family member's or like a friend's parents or something. But it was just something that I like always remember being. And so even when I got to the point where I was interested in learning music, like I started just by playing guitar and like trying to figure out how to play like all of the like 90s alt rock stuff that was <laughs> in the time, like Blink-182 and like early Green Day and stuff like that. But like a bunch of the earliest songs I remember being into were video game songs, like on top of all of the kind of like normal music that I was listening to. And so once I figured out that games are a thing you can just make, you know, like the early internet was full of stuff like like the Newgrounds or you know, Black Sheep of the World, like all these sites of just like people making crazy stuff in Flash or like in really early versions of Game Maker and stuff. So I knew that this was a thing you could just make if you knew how to do it. And that was something I was like super interested in. So I dabbled in like solo development for a long time, like a bit of coding, a bit of like really awful pixel art, a bit of audio stuff. But it wasn't until I started making music like for bands and playing live music and like going on tour and putting out albums and things like that, where I like really connected with the process of music making. And I realized, okay, this is the thing I love the most. Um, and I was feeling a little stuck in my career at the time where I was doing like more tech work. And so the, all of this stuff that had been like swirling in my brain for a long time just came together where I was like, okay, I really want to do something that's more creative, but something that is still tied into all of this stuff that I love. And so doing the game music route seemed to make sense where it could cobble together little bits of all of these different things I discovered that I was into. And I could feel like way more closely connected to, I don't know, to something meaningful. Like at the end of the day, I think the outcome of making games is that you get to make something that people hopefully emotionally resonate with and like an experience that sticks with them. And to me, that's one of the coolest things that you could put your efforts and your creativity towards. So I really wanted to see if I could do that. Oh, that's what's up. So what, I have a question for you. What was it like in that first check after you made, like after you made a game, like a soundtrack for a game or made a song for a game? Like, what was that feeling like? You like, it was like the culmination of what you were just talking about. Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think it probably wasn't until like, the first couple that it even felt real. Just like, <laughs> this, you can do this. Like, this isn't cheating. Like, you don't have to absolutely hate your job or mm -hmm. have something that's very traditional and in the box. It's still hard to explain what I do to people that don't know about games or that aren't in the space or whatever. So it was like, it was very validating, but also very, I don't know, took a while to sink in. But it was pretty great. Oh, that's good. That's good. So what, how, what's the process like for making music for a game? That's a good question. It depends a little bit on the game. I think the main thing it would depend on is when in the process a developer were to bring in someone to do audio. Sometimes I've worked with clients where they have like one of the ones that I just started working on actually. The extent of the game is a couple gray boxed levels in Unity. So like very few actual assets, lots of just blocked out placeholder stuff, like three or four really nice pieces of concept art and like their explanation to me of what the game is going to be. And so sometimes you're starting from so little <laughs> the, the process to like getting started is just like imagining it and taking the couple little like threads and extrapolating them out into a full world and trying to like connect the dots and hopefully get in the same headspace as the person that's making the game so that you can start thinking of stuff that's going to mesh with the stuff they're thinking about for a game that's more fleshed out already i've worked on a couple where the game's been in development for like years before they start swapping out all of their placeholder audio and stuff like that and that's a lot easier to have a direction picked for you because they might have already found a couple tracks they like, or they might have like another game style that they're inspired by or whatever. So then your job becomes much more about figuring out what stuff it is that they like, just downloading all of that into your brain, like going and playing the reference games they mentioned, if there's soundtracks they really like, or artists they really like, listening to all of that and trying to sort of cross-reference it with stuff that you already know. Like a lot of times people will be like, oh, the inspiration for this is this soundtrack. And I'll go listen to it and be like, oh, this reminds me of like five other things that I love. 
And so then I'll make a private Spotify playlist of all of these different songs. And that'll be like my, my sort of my mood board or like my starting point for just filling my brain with stuff that is like the correct vibe for the game. <laughs> so you're a married man. Does your wife ever get tired of you listening to video game music in the car or anything like that? <laughs> That's a good question. No, she loves it just as much as I do. We, our honeymoon was to go to Games Done Quick in person and watch a bunch of speedruns for a week. Oh, that's so. really cool. She is very down with, with the whole games thing. I think maybe the one exception is when I'm working on a track and I just keep looping the same 30 second section for eight hours. That's not as cool. That'll be like, she'll put on headphones and go to the opposite end of the house to hopefully not have to hear it. And I do not blame her. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. So what's been some of your favorite projects that you've worked on? Yeah, man. I think one that'll always have a special place for me, because it was one of the first commercial things I got to work on, is a game called Little Martian. And we were talking earlier about how games take years to come out. That game still isn't out, but is, is very close. <laughs> And it's something that I've been working on for a few years now. So it's come a long ways, which has been really cool. It is a sort of a crafting survival game with artwork inspired by the ZX Spectrum and all of the early kind of 80s pixel art. Um, and there's definitely some elements of the Minecrafts and Terrarias of the world. But it's very cool, very atmospheric, exploration focused, very kind of cozy, I guess. It's really cool. It's got a lot of elements of crafting survival stuff and kind of cool, pulpy sci-fi feel. Is and there a demo is, out? There is, yeah. Okay. Uh, they're on Twitter, and they also have a website. I believe it's Little Martian Dev. They have a public demo and then a planned Steam release. I believe at this point it's going to be like towards the summertime next year. Nope. But that project's been really cool to be a part of. The team is essentially one guy and his two kids, and the game started as an opportunity for him to help teach them how to code because he's a software engineer full-time and then makes the game on the side. But then it kind of blew up into something a lot larger and now they're trying to make it a commercial release and it's really impressive considering how few people work on it and that a lot of the ideas came from his kids i don't think you'd necessarily know that it's very polished and thoughtfully made but i like the, the story behind it and that's a game where i've gotten to do everything that you hear so the soundtrack all of the sound design ui sounds atmospheric soundscape stuff all of the different tools and crafting and like there's base building elements and things like that so there was just a huge variety of stuff I got to make for it, which is really fun to to be given free reign and be like, hey, here's the game, just do whatever. And he'd occasionally have bits of feedback for me. But it was really nice to just, I guess, stretch my creativity a bit and just see what ended up fitting for that one. Oh, that's fun. It sounds like you were a big part of the creative process as well. So that probably had a lot to do with why it like resonates with you so much. That's a good point. I think in general, one of the best things about working in games is when you're given that kind of creative freedom and that kind of trust from a team, because I think you're always going to end up with a better result. And you still have to tailor it and guide it to fit with the rest of the game. It's not like you're making it in a vacuum, but if you're excited about it and you get to make stuff that speaks to you when you play the game, I think you have a better chance of translating that to other people. So yeah, that one's a really cool project. I've also been working a lot on a game called Scrabdackle. This is a game that I'm doing instead of everything. This one is just the sound design. So basically okay. everything you hear except for the music. Mm -hmm. which has been interesting because usually I'll do the music or both. This is the only gig I have right now where I'm doing just the sound design. So that's been really cool to go deep into one area. When we were talking a bit about my background, it was mostly on the music side. So mm -hmm. banging pots and pans together and making weird sounds is like a relatively new skill set for me. And it's been really fun because people that do Foley or sound design or whatever professionally, and that's all they do are so talented. And there's so much you can learn in just that one area. <laughs> so it's been fun to start to go down that rabbit hole a bit but that game is cool it's a very kind of like 
scribbly hand-drawn pixel art look. It's a Metroidvania about a novice wizard that gets kicked out of the Wizard Academy and uh, lands in a world full of people that like are really suspicious about wizards and don't they don't really have that great of a reputation. But this world is kind of dealing with a bunch of issues and then some much larger plot stuff happens. But it's basically full of a bunch of quirky, goofy characters that you get to meet and you can choose to help or ignore. And there's lots of puzzles and branching dialogue and a huge intertwined nonlinear overworld. And it's just like super ambitious and really fun. And that's one where that's a ways off from being finished. But I'm so excited for people to play that one because I think that has the potential to be like just a total indie darling. Like oh, the guy cool. that works in that game is so dedicated because he I'm the only other person really that works on it. He does mm-hmm. everything else. Like the art, the code, writes all the music. There's 30 songs or something like that already in that game. Like it's just huge volume of work. So it's just cool to be a part of something like that. That's really cool. So are you going to collect all the games you've been a part of? Do you collect them within your Steam portfolio? Are you going to try to find like a yeah, like a physical like copy of all the games you've been a part of to hang it up somewhere? That's an awesome idea. Yeah, man. If I'm ever lucky enough to work on something that gets a physical release, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, super cool. And even not like I've talked to a couple of people where they had the idea of all the digital stuff. They took like the digital art and then they just like made or they went and got like an old disc, like an old disc like case and stuff. And they just put it all like right there so they can still frame it basically. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. it's a good way to reuse some of the like the old maybe 360 or even the Xbox One case cases and such because you can peel them off pretty easily. So I'm yeah. like, yeah, good point. And kind of preserve that history of like where you've been and what you've done. Exactly. exactly. Just an idea. Just throwing it out there. But I like it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So you talked about like some of the games you've been a part of, your favorite projects. Let's talk about some of the games that inspired you. What's some of your favorite video game soundtracks of all time? I know yeah, I had to question. hit you with another tough one. That it's a good one, though. I think a lot, a lot from kind of a music standpoint, a lot of the things that inspire me newer my coming up with the top games of all time. I feel like a lot of the games that I grew up playing have stayed. But on the music side, I think right now, probably like my number one would be Hades. Oh, it's such a good soundtrack. It's it's amazing. So many bangers, so many great riffs. But on top of that, it's also like the, I guess, the work ethic behind that game. Like Darren mm-hmm. Korb, the guy that wrote that soundtrack, is basically just an audio wizard. Like he voices the main character in that game he directed all of the other voice actors on the project he helped conduct the one song that got played by an orchestra wrote mm-hmm. all the music and did all the sound effects like i have no idea. i don't know how long they had to lock him up for to do all of that but <laughs> really impressive and my understanding is he's a largely self-taught person which i really resonate with because i didn't have like traditional like formal music education it's all been cobbled together from my own experience and then later on taking courses and stuff or trying to learn specific things on my own so the idea that you could make that much art that people love and you can find your own path to getting there i think is super inspiring to me and so he's someone where i'm like if i could have 10 percent of that talent (laughs) that ability to like make just a total world out of sound i think that's what i aspire to so that's a big one for sure that that hey that's a solid game like i was I thought you were going to go like near Automata, like Persona, maybe some of those, because I've Ooh. heard I've gotten a couple of those before. But Hades is a really good call out. It's definitely less less traditional. I think mm-hmm. most people think game music, they think either chiptune or like an orchestra. And this isn't really either mm-hmm. of those. But I think it's got a unique aesthetic and they like leaned into it really hard. And I think it worked. Um, oh, it really does. And it, it feels that like Greek style of music as well, because they're a Greek mythology. It's like really, it's really good. I cannot say enough good things about Hades because like that's a phenomenal game. Yeah, 100%. I think a couple others, a couple of the other kind of 
more recent indie soundtracks that I really loved would be Celeste is a huge mm. one. Oh, another good one. And that's another very unique fusion of genres, oh. a lot of like piano and kind of traditional instruments. And then a lot of like synth soundscape, atmospheric stuff, which is like very eclectic and very like emotional the games, whole narrative deals with a lot of like heavy emotional topics oh, for and I sure. think the music like totally sells that. I think it's a, a great lesson in it's a relatively minimalist game, I think compared mm -hmm. to most like big narrative heavy games, but you can do a lot with very little if each piece of it is like just, just that's yeah. one I love. I'll play that one like in the car, like while I'm working, while I'm doing <laughs> stuff. Cause some of those pieces are just like, they just sit in the background and they're like interesting and engaging, but also like calming and meditative at the same time. That makes sense. So you mentioned, have you played Transistor, by the way? Like, oh, that I, one's I a really to. good one. I need mm -hmm. to just go play every Supergiant game. I think that's uh, they, the goal they, eventually. The best indie studio, in my opinion. I love them so much. They are phenomenal. They do phenomenal work. I've loved their stuff since Bastion. And like Bastion, I think, has an underrated soundtrack as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. They consistently put out very quality stuff. And it's all relatively different, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. So, Major, I have a question for you. What words of inspiration would you give to other people who want to get into sound design and video game soundtracks, like creating music for video games? Yeah, great question. Um, I feel like this is the kind of thing people always say, but I think this is there's never been a better time to get into this stuff. Like we touched on it a little bit earlier, but I'm somebody that didn't go to a music school for college, didn't have a formal education in music but was just always interested in it. And for me, that path was learning to play guitar and learning to cover a bunch of bands that I liked and then branching out into writing my own music and then sort of messing around with how do you make games and how do you make sound for games and just finding my way there over a longer period of time. There are plenty of people I've talked to who did the opposite and had a very kind of targeted goal from the very beginning. Okay, I'm gonna go to school for this and I'm gonna get this particular degree. And then I'm going to go straight into the thing that I know I want to do. I think wherever in that spectrum you are, there are so many resources and so many helpful people. Um, and that's something that I think is cool about games is that everybody who works in them has at least something that they love about it. It's not anybody's, I settled for this career. There's so <laughs> many more stable, like potentially lucrative things you could be doing with your time. Anyone that's chosen it has chosen it on purpose. And I think that means there are a lot of people around you that have either been through the exact same thing that you have or who could help fill in the blanks as you're just trying to kind of figure stuff out. And if I was able to cobble together, I don't know, some weird way into doing this, I think anybody can. Oh, okay. And hopefully everyone in the industry today will continue to help people do that because I think that's really important. That is really, that's nice. I like how the industry is like a, basically a community. It really is like a community of people who want to help each other. I definitely think so. Like anything else, there's pockets of it where there's, we've seen a lot of controversy and like unfortunate oh, sure. stuff come out, whether that's stuff at like big studios or like individual personalities in the community, whatever. But for every situation like that, there are like a hundred indie devs that are like super passionate about what they're doing. Like we talked about Supergiant, so many places full of so many talented people, like big companies, small companies. I think it's just a matter of... Uh, finding the good ones but there do seem to be a lot of them yeah that makes complete sense so i have a segment i like to do towards the end of every episode it's called quick fire are you ready for it yes let's All do right. it so i'm gonna ask you rapid fire quick fire questions and without thinking of it without really just concentrating and thinking about the answer within five seconds give me an answer you think you're ready for it 
We'll see. All right. So no pressure or anything. So there's no right or wrong answers. People might hit you up in the comments when, when we talk <laughs> about the socials for all these. So here we go. Which franchise is better, Mario or Sonic? Ooh, Mario. Okay. Who's the best Who's the best Ninja Turtle? Oh. <laughs> Donatello. Okay, okay. That would look like it hurt you a little bit. All right. <laughs> All right. Favorite indie game that you played within the last five years? Ooh, Death Door. Oh, that's a really good one. Really good one. Love Death Door. Okay, so who would win in a fight? Ratchet and Clank or Jack and Dexter? This might be the hardest one yet. Let's go Ratchet. Let's go Ratchet and Clank. Okay, okay, okay. That honestly, like, I would have to witness it. I would have to be in the stands watching that because I feel like <laughs> I could go either way. I feel you. I feel you. So, who's your main character that you like to play as a Super Smash Brothers? Samus. Oh, okay. Nice one. Nice one. Best Zelda character. Best Zelda game ever. I'm gonna say either Ocarina of Time or Minish Cap. I feel like that oh. one's underrated, but I've played that one more times through 100%ing the game than any other Zelda for whatever reason. Ah, gotcha. Who is the best gaming dad? Is it Kratos or Joel from Last of Us? Oh, I'm going to have to go Kratos. Okay. Mostly because he's the funniest dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So got, we're rounding it out. What is your favorite topping on pizza? Ooh, probably just a classic, like some spicy, like sausage. Okay. Any, of the, any of the meats. I usually do the just get everything on the pizza approach. <laughs> I man, I'm a meat lover's kind of guy myself, so I get it. So what is the weirdest instrument you've ever used uh, for a project? Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know about weirdest, but the most like random would probably be the air hoof, which is the like a, it's a traditional Chinese like bowed instrument. You've almost certainly heard it in like adventure game soundtracks mm -hmm. or something. It has this very like mournful kind of almost violin quality, but like not quite. It's super cool in the right circumstances. I've snuck that into a few tracks just for a little like something extra. <laughs> I love it. I would love to learn how to play a real one. Okay. I don't even know how to do that, but that would be cool. Which video game would you hate to be trapped in as in the world? Oh man, we were just talking about how much I love all the Dark Souls games. I would absolutely hate that just <laughs> dying on repeat being stuck in one area but like you can't save and quit and just go about your day like you're actually stuck there that would be awful oh for sure terrible <laughs> absolutely terrifying because everything there is trying to kill you like everything yeah i wouldn't make it past like the tutorial enemies in real life <laughs> <laughs> i got you i got you video game superpower that you would love to have Ooh, any sort of time travel, I think, would be okay. super cool. Not bad, not bad. If Kirby swallowed you, what type of superpower would he get? Ooh, I think he'd probably, like, instantly be able to just shred, like, a guitar solo. Okay, okay, that'd be fun. I could just see it, like, he has your, like, hairstyle and everything and just shredding <laughs> a guitar. That'd be dope. That'd be really dope. We should we should definitely get Nintendo on that. that oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. They're making, like, 20 Kirby games. They can at least give us something like that. That's, that's a good point. It fits within the universe somewhere. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, what is the dream project that you would like to work on? Whether it be working for a studio, like, what studio would you like to work for? And or what kind of game would you like to work for? Work yeah. on that's a really good question. We've mentioned them a few times, but I think not so much the specific studio, but the general vibe that, that Supergiant has is really cool. 
they've done a bunch of documentaries on their games and seeing the way that a very tiny group of people work together and mm-hmm. all of the implicit trust and kind of creativity that everybody seems to share. I think that vibe is something that I really value. And that seems really cool to me. And as far as type of games go, I think anything in the roguelike Metroidvania space, games where you uh-huh. have a big, ever-expanding world, I think really appeal to me to work on because those games just have a huge variety of content. Like one biome might sound completely different from another. And I don't know, figuring out how all of that sounds, particularly like from a music standpoint, would be super cool. You'd really get to push yourself in a bunch of different directions. And I think those games have the potential to have just really cool musical, leave a musical impression on you, I guess. You spend all this time exploring and those melodies just get stuck in your brain afterwards. And I think it'd be really fun to work on something like that. Oh, that sounds that sounds pretty cool. So what do you think is going to be the best soundtrack of the like games next year? Do you think it's going to be like Spider-Man 2? You got Tears of the Kingdom, the Breath of the Wild sequel. You also have Starfield, which is a Bethesda hit. And mm. they, they usually like to bring it. There's going to be some bangers next year is what I'm insinuating. What do you think is going to have the best yeah. soundtrack? That's tough. That's a really good, that's a really good question though. Zelda is almost certainly going to be amazing. The Wild had like a big musical departure from all the mm-hmm. previous games. Way more minimalist, way more like somber. It was really cool. I think it'll be interesting to see if they stick with that or if they switch things up on us again. But I feel like they're always pushing the envelope with how those games should sound. Which is impressive because there have been, what, like 20 Zelda games? Yeah. And they've managed to not just continue recycling the same version of the songs that we know. I don't know if I could remix my own songs 20 times. I think that's really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I have one one last real question for you. As a person, I'm just giving you my background here. I've only played one Zelda game in my entire life, and that's Breath of the Wild. And I beat it. Nice. What gaming recommendation would you give to me as a person who's only played one Zelda game? What other Zelda game would you recommend for me? Ooh. I would almost say Wind Waker. Oh, just that's because what that I has gotten. that has the big kind of open exploration aspect to it. It's probably mm-hmm. got some of the most nonlinear design out of those games. They tend to be the polar opposite of Breath of the Wild, where it's very you follow from story beat to story beat. You follow the dungeons in a linear uh, order. Straight it's forward. all very like yeah, and there'll be elements of you can explore a bunch of towns and side areas and meet characters and there's lots of secrets and things. But as far as advancing the game and getting to the end, it's usually very linear. Um but Wind Waker has a lot of you can go to one of these three places at once and can pick. And there's dozens of islands and locations and people that you don't even ever have to meet if you don't want to. So I think it it comes the closest maybe to Breath of the Wilds. Like you just walk up to the plateau and you're like, oh man, I can just go anywhere. Not quite to the same degree, but you can see like the beginnings of that kind of idea, I think. That makes sense. I'll have to check that one out then. I like all these games are coming to Switch, so I'll have to definitely check that one out. True, yeah, yeah. So Major, it's been really fun talking to you and I'm like, I can't wait to have you on the show again. Anytime you're available, I'd love to have you and nerd out with you some more, but Before we go, where can the good people find you? Yeah, probably the best place is on Twitter at the Major Bruno. You can also go to majorbruno.com to find all my other socials. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Discord a lot, email, all that kind of stuff. All (laughs) of it works for me. Sounds good. So Major, we'll catch you next time. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. All right, peace. Hey, what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for listening to the episode. I just want to remind you that you can get Notable Nerds every single Thursday, and we're going to bring you the dopest guest in the nerd community. If you want to suggest a nerd that you think should be on the show or discuss topics of an episode with others, join us on the Pro Nerd Report Facebook group. 
Once you're in, go ahead and provide some feedback. The link to join us in the ProNerd Report free Facebook group is in the show notes. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope to catch you every single Thursday. I'll let your boy later. Peace.